Hello, this is Pastor Sam Velez, and I'm so glad that you're joining us for our service. We hope you enjoy this message today, that it blesses your life and your families. We love you. We've been on this series called The Greatest Summer, uh, The Greatest Summer Ever, and we're talking about what it looks like to live in freedom. What it looks like to live in freedom. So if you, if, you, if you don't understand this, freedom is when me and you are released from something that's kept us bound. From something that's kept you on hold, for something that's kept you discontent, that's why we call it freedom, because it's, I'm no longer bound to that. That's why when people say, man, I'm free from this, I'm free from that, they're talking about, man, I'm, God has released me from something that kept me bound. And I don't about you, but I believe this is the season God has given us freedom, amen? This is our season, this is your season, where freedom comes to your life. And whatever it is, because there's we, we're asking God to free us from different things. Some of you in this room, God is freeing you from toxic relationships. Or maybe God is freeing you from bad habits and addictions. Whatever it is, maybe there's thoughts in your mind that, you have, that has crippled you for the last couple of years that you can't even be who you used to be. But I believe that if you can connect with God today, you'll find what freedom really looks like. Freedom's not going to be found in any kind of sore, any kind of drink, any kind of drug. Freedom can be found in the spirit of God. Amen. And that's what we're believing for. That's what we're talking about these couple of weeks. And um, if you have your Bibles, I'm talking about my title. My message is I I did that. I did that because the root of our freedom begins with me. You are the one that decides how you can be free. It's not your mom's responsibility. It's not your boss's responsibility. It is you and you alone that decides that I want to be free. Because so many times we, we, what we do sometimes, we tend to put the responsibility on someone else and place the blame. It's because of them, I'm like this. It's because of what she said, I'm like this. Without realizing that God has given you the power to reject whatever someone said. He created you with an authority to reject what someone did 10 years ago. And you could be released from that, but it starts with you. It starts with me. So I want to read two uh, passages today. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go to Genesis chapter 3. We're going to be in verses 6 and 7. If you're new here, it's literally the first book in the Bible. Genesis 3, 6, and 7, I'll explain later. It says this. It says, the woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were open and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves to, together to cover themselves. If you turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, really quick, says this. It says, so that Satan will not outsmart us, for we are familiar with his evil schemes. Today I want to talk about something because I believe that today is the day that me and you can believe that this is the season where I get to crush the enemy's head. This is the season that I can declare over my life that the devil does not have the final word over my life or my family. 
But I want to talk because the enemy is a schemer. The devil is a schemer. Have you ever noticed that when you're trying to get right with God and you're trying to do the right thing and you're trying to come to church more and you're trying to stop doing certain things that you feel more and more pressure than before? You feel like you're getting attacked more like, man, why am I going through all these things? Isn't it supposed to be where life is nice and dandy? It's because the enemy knows that, man, once you are completely surrendered to God, he's lost you. Because if we're not careful without us realizing, we, we are bound without even thinking about it. And we get used to being bound. It's just a part of our life. And we make excuses for being bound. We talk about being bound and without realizing that it's the enemy that orchestrates these kind of things. And I want to talk about three schemes that the devil uses to keep us bound. Number one is this, it's agitation. The devil will use agitation. The Bible says, if you didn't, before six and seven, that the devil was coming and he was tempting Adam and Eve. And he said, hey, if you can get that fruit, you'll be like God. You'll be like God. But what we, don't, what we miss about this story is that before sin came into the world, before Adam and Eve ever ate from the fruit, they weren't agitated. But the devil got, to, got them to focus on what they didn't have. And then the agitation came. Well, I do want wisdom, like Eve said in verse 6. Well, I, I, do, I do want to be like at the same level at God. And I do. See, a lot of people think that the first sin is when they bought, when the first temptation came when she ate the fruit. The first temptation started when they got to focus on their lack. On their lack. The devil will get you to a place where you focus on what you don't have. In other words, you can be living a life full of blessing and be blind to the blessing. You could be blessed in your home with a great family, a good job. Maybe you don't have everything like people have on TV, but God has gotten you to a place where you're okay and you're taken care of. But you are so blind by the blessing because you're focused on what you don't have. And the devil causes agitation to get our eyes off of what we do have and to think that I need more. And so people struggle for more. They get angry because they want more. They get stressed out for more. And they do all these things just to have more instead of realizing that God is the source and he's the one that supplies all your needs. And you are blessed. That job that you have, it's a blessing. That those kids you have, it's a blessing. The fact that you're alive and breathing, it's a blessing. It's a blessing. So then we find ourselves talking like this. Well, if I had this, I'd be happier. Well, God, if you gave me this, my marriage would be better. Well, God, and all you're doing is you've zeroed in on the lack without realizing what you really have. And so the devil will cause agitation. He'll create imagination in your mind. And you'll create a picture of what you think you need. So that you could be happy. They'll create a picture of what you think you need to get. So that then there'll be peace. And it'll be, you'll, you'll start driving your car and creating scenarios of what you think you need. Because of what you think and what you see. And the devil did the same thing to Adam and Eve. 
hey, you got these nice trees out here, but shh, you don't got that fruit. And if you get that fruit, you'll get what you want. And he created this imagination because God created us to praise him, to live under him, under his authority. He didn't create us so that we could override him, so that we could be at the same level of him. No, no, no. To be under him. Because he knows best for our lives. And the moment that we think that we know better, or we need to find a better source, we finally realize that that's where chaos begins. When the devil thought that he could be at the same level of God and even greater, God kicks him out of heaven. If you don't know that story, read your Bible. You'll find it. it talks about it. But the devil will get you to a place where you are losing focus and thinking that you needed that. But whatever that, that was without you realizing, because you thought you needed it, it brought more pain to your family and more, more pain to your thoughts, to your heart. Because in reality, that's not what you needed. It was a lie from the enemy to make you think you did. So the enemy will create agitation in your life and get you to focus on your lack instead of what God's already presented in your life. Does God want to bless you with more? 100% he does, and God will. But if I'm always thinking like I'm lacking and I don't got this and this isn't going this way and I want that, if I'm always thinking like that, I will never, ever be free. And I was always going to be suffering and I'm always going to be in debt because I want to get more things and I take out a loan to impress people that don't care about me and all these things because you think you needed it. And creates exaggeration. And then number two is this. It's not just agitation, it's exaggeration. The devil poses the question to her. She said, did God really say that in Genesis chapter three when he tempts her? Did God really... Really say that? Did God really say that? And he brings exaggeration to your life. Here's an example. I'm not gonna, they're, they're not going to put it on the screen. But in Numbers chapter 13, 31 through, through 32 and 33, I believe, it is when they, they, they go and they scout the land. They're about to enter the promised land. And when Caleb and Joshua go and scout the land, they come back and they're like, hey, there's grapes and there's this, this and that. But the other people that go and scout the land, they begin to tell, they begin to rattle the troops and say, no, but there's, there's giants in the land. And we're like grasshoppers. There's giants out there. Out of the 12, two of them said, hey, hey, we can surely do this. We can surely conquer that land. That can surely be ours. And the other 10 said, no, no, no. Hey, we got to think about this. There, there, there's giants out there. And church, the reason why they, they failed in that moment is because they allowed the giants on the outside, they, allowed to, they believed. It wasn't the giants on the outside, church, that got them afraid. It was the grasshopper on the inside. See, because the giants on the outside is one thing. But if I can believe that God is with me, Instead of me thinking I'm the grasshopper, they're the grasshopper. There are moments in your life, church, where there will be giants presented to you. And you're going to have to deal with certain things. But can I tell you, the Bible says that greater is he that is in me than he who is in the world. 
the problem they had is they had grasshopper syndrome. And too many times, church, you have to understand it's the little things that sometimes ruin what God wants to do in our life. Sometimes we allow the little things to ruin what God really wants to do in our life. We allow the little comment to ruin our life. We allow the little conversation to ruin our life. We allow the little things to ruin what God wants to take us to. I'm so glad that if you continue to read that story, they end up taking on the promised land. But in that moment, they allowed what they saw to dictate what they do. And church, I'm here to let you know that you cannot change by what you see. You can only change by what God said. And if God said that was for me, I'm going to take it. If God promised me this was going to be my future, I'm going to take it. It doesn't matter what I have to face, what I have to overcome. If God said it, then it's for me. It's for me. Don't let the exaggerations of what you see, the exaggerations of what maybe people are saying, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know if you should make that deal. I don't know if you should go this route. I don't know. It's looking pretty bad. It's, it's, it's not looking pretty good. Don't let other people's lack of faith mess yours up. Because sometimes people don't have the same faith you do. And that's okay. They will get it at one point or another. But you can't allow a lack of faith from someone else to dictate your faith with God. Because if that was the case, we would get nothing done. If that was the case, when this church started with 15 people 28 years ago, we would never be in this building if it was, if it was just a lack of faith all the time. We'd still be in that storefront in Calle del Norte. But it's through faith, church, that we see the miracles happen in our life. It's through faith. It's faith in God that changes things for your life. It's trusting in the Lord that changes things for your family. It's your faith connected to God. So don't let grasshopper syndrome, don't let the little things dictate what God's really trying to lead you to do. Because if God commanded you to do that and called you to do that, he will also empower you to do it as well. So don't let it get in the way. Don't let the exaggerations of the enemy to make you think like, oh man, no, let's just turn back. Imagine if the story went like that, where because of those 10 guys, you know what, they're, they're giants out there. Who told you, first of all, how do you know? Because they said, what if they weren't giants? What if it's because they were like 5'8 and the other guy was 6'3? Yeah, they might be giant to you, but they're not giants. But it's an exaggeration. The devil will use exaggeration to rattle your faith and to keep you bound from moving forward, from starting that business, from taking on that promotion, from going to this place or moving to that place. It is the little things that we allow that spoil the thing that God wants to build in your life. Whether it's a group of people, whether it's family, whatever it is, do not allow exaggeration to take root in your life. Third thing is this is separation. The devil use agitation, exaggeration, and the devil will use separation. The Bible says that they were separated from the Lord. 
After they took the fruit, we understand that the sin came into the world and they were kicked out of the garden. They were they orchestrated separation. Because you have to understand something. Just as God separates us from bad things, the devil will come and separate you from good things as well. As God is separating you from bad things, the devil will use and manipulate to, and orchestrate you to separate from something good. That was, that was never God's intention for your life. And you begin to think that you need to separate from the good thing because the devil makes you think it's a bad thing. When it was good all along. And we use separation. That's why it's important, church, that you stay connected to the Lord. That you stay connected to the Lord through every season. Like Pastor Alex mentioned a moment ago, through dry seasons, through the mountaintop seasons, through the valley seasons, that you stay connected to the Lord so that you don't find yourself separated from God. Because the problems begin the moment I begin to walk away. And a human tendency is whenever we make mistakes, whenever we go through hard times, we stop looking to God and we start looking to man. We stop looking to God and we stop committing to the Lord. We, start look, we stop looking to God and we start doing our own thing. Instead of saying, God, I'm just going to stay connected to you through and through. It looks like it's a storm right now. But God, I thank you that the same way Jesus gives an example that God is with us in the boat and God gives us the power to speak to the problem and things have to change. But he creates separation. That's what the devil does. He'll create agitation in your life. He'll create exaggeration in your life. And he will create separation in your life. And he will use these things to keep you bound. To keep you from experiencing every promise that comes in that Bible. Because the Bible says in the New Testament that God's promises are yes and amen. They're not maybe, that maybe next year, that hopefully. No, no, there are yes and amen. Yes and amen. Yes and amen. So every time you are dealing with something, remember that God's promises are yes and amen. I don't see right now, God, but I'm, I'm setting myself up for some praise now because it's a yes and amen. I'm going to see the yes come. I'm going to see the yes come. The door is going to open for me. Amen. Come on, church. This is the season of victory for your life. What, God, what the enemy meant for evil, God's going to turn it for good. So the question is, how do we combat the schemes? We know what the devil does, but how do we, what's the combat? What's the, what's the cheat code to this? If, you, if you're a gamer, you know what I'm talking about. How do we combat this? Number one, you got to silence the snakes. You got to silence the snakes. The snakes are any person in your life that have poison in their mouth. They got poison in their mouth. In other words, a snake is a person in your life that if they bring discontent and if they, bring, they put a rebellious thing on the inside of you, snake. That's what they are. If they're getting you to live a certain way, snake. If they're coming up to you at your job and telling you, hey, man, just so you know, bro, I think you could do a better job than your boss. Snake. And if we're not careful, sometimes we are. 
the snake. When we begin to think, oh, I can do better. Oh, I, 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 you know, whatever it is, silence the snakes in your life. Silence, walk away, cut off, whatever that is. You got to get to a place, church, where you got to be able to have open ears to the right voices in your life. Because snakes will come and destroy your life. And you think that they're helping you, and you think that it's great and dandy. What they're doing is they're putting poison. And before you know it, that poison is going to get all the way to your system and it's going to kill you. Well, I think you should do that and snake. Silence the snakes in your life. Silence the snakes in your life. Because whoever has your ear has your future. Whoever has it. That's why I was telling on Tuesday, our, uh, Tuesday night of prayer, we've been talking, uh, we've been talking, we've been on the next past couple of weeks, we've been talking about the wisdom of God. I've done like a, like, I guess you can call it like a mini series on the wisdom of God. And I told the people, I said, I sound like a broken record every time I talk about the word of God, how we need to get in the word of God. And I, but I do it because if it's not rooted in your life, something else will ruin your life. If the word of God is not rooted in you, someone else's voice, it's not rooted in you, someone else's voice will ruin your life. And can I tell you something? Ignorance is expensive. I don't know if some of you got that. Ignorance is expensive. Expensive. So you got to get to a place, church, where you silence the snakes. Once again, a snake is someone that has poison in their mouth. If they're coming bringing discontent, if they're bringing some sort of rebellion against what God said, if they're in your business, in your school, in your sports team, whatever that looks like, cut off the snake. Cut off the snake. Because they will do more damage than you think. Because sometimes poison is deadly, not in an instance, but it goes in slowly. We're not careful. It'll kill us in the end. But you got to silence the snakes. Amen? I know this sounds a little, I don't know if this sounds a little too, too harsh, but I have to, as your pastor, I can't, I can't afford to see you defeated. Okay? Y'all with me? Awesome. Awesome. Number two is you got to examine your emotions. How do you combat the devil's schemes? You silence the snakes and you got to examine your emotions. Just because you feel that it's real doesn't mean it's right. Just because you feel like it's real doesn't mean it's right. You got to examine your emotions. You got to keep your emotions in check. You got to make sure that what you're feeling isn't out of a place of bitterness and what you're feeling isn't out of disobedience and what you're feeling isn't out of anything else. You got to examine your emotions because we are emotional people. And when our emotions are high, we say things we don't mean and we do things we don't want to do. And we do things we are not normally prone to do. It's kind of like when you're hungry 
When you're starving and you're on a diet, you'll eat anything. And you let your starvation take, if you're like, Pastor, I'm on a, on a keto diet or whatever thing people do nowadays. But when you're hungry and you don't control your hunger or have self-control in your life, you end up going for the most unhealthiest thing. It happens all the time. I do it all the time. Look at me. All right. So, uh, but you got to examine your emotions. You got to make sure and keep them in check. That when the times of, when times are hard, when the devil's coming, when there is pressure from all angles, that you are steady in the Lord, that you're not reacting because of what's happening to you, that you've learned to respond to the situation and not react to it, that you've learned that, man, I can't let the anger that I carry overcome me because every time I get angry, I'm like the Hulk and I destroy everything that's around me. Or when I'm sad or I'm depressed, I go to this person or I look to this source and I do these things because I haven't been able to control the emotions that I have. I haven't been able to examine what I'm feeling and to make sure that this is right. Because if I don't side with the snakes, it, leads, it bleeds into my, the poison goes into my emotions. And when my emotions are wrecked, I, I can't see the patterns anymore that bring me to this place. Because there are patterns, and if you're not careful, that's why we need to ask the Lord. When you're in prayer, ask God to give you discernment. Discernment. To see the patterns that are coming. Because discernment is you protecting yourself and knowing that's from the Lord and that's not from God. I, I need to do this. I shouldn't. Because you, when you carry discernment, you'll see the patterns a mile away. You'll be able to predict, man, if I go this route, this, this, and this will happen. If I go talk to this person over there, they're probably going to tell me this, this, and this. And you have to understand that when you are predicting, when you're using discernment, it's to protect you. Protect you from toxic habits, to protect you from patterns that shouldn't be there. But you got to examine yourself you got to be able to talk yourself back into the Lord. If you're in the room and you've been discouraged for a long time, it's time for you to talk yourself back into God, into the Lord. David, does, David who wrote, wrote a lot of the Psalms, and King David, he was a great man of God. But if you study David's life, David constantly had to talk himself back into God. He had to get himself back into the Lord. Because there were times of testing. David was on the run for a long time. David was dealing with a lot of different things and he had to get to a place where he had to examine his emotions and give it back to God. That's why David says in Psalms 103 verse 1, says this, let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. In other words, church, you got to command your soul to praise God, even in the midst of trouble. You got to make sure, hey, God, I'm going through this, but I'm not going to let what's happening destroy what you have for me. Last thing is this, is that you got to put away arrogance. You got to put away arrogance. Other words, you got to, you got to put away pride. Pride. Don't underestimate divine connections in your life. And what I mean is that, is this, is that don't underestimate 
the people that God puts in your life, the godly people, don't push them away. Don't put them on a shelf. Don't, no, you need people in your corner that agree with the Lord and that are willing to walk this out with you. You need people in your life that when you are speaking death over yourself, they're speaking life to you. When you want to quit, they're like, hey, no, no, you got this. No, 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 no. You're you're not going to stop doing this. You're not going to quit. You're not going to walk away. This isn't over. Because if you're not careful, you'll carry pride. And when the right people do want to come into your life and call you out on your stuff, even though it hurts you, you'll never accept it. And because you don't accept it, you become bound to it. You need people to tell you like it is sometimes. You need to get to a place where if you trust someone in your circle that's trustworthy, tell them, you ask them, is there anything they mean that needs to change? What do you see? I've had people do that all these years of ministry. Hey, when you see me, what do you see? And I'll tell them. And I'll warn them though too. I'll tell them, look, I'm going to tell you like it is, just so you know. And I don't hold back because I don't, I, don't, I don't hold back because I want them to be better. If you don't want to ask me what I think, that's fine. That's on you. But find someone that you trust that can call you out on your stuff, not to shame you or to hurt your feelings, but because they want to see you win. They want to see you win. Too many people have lived their lives in pride where no one can tell them what to do. No one can call them, them, them out on their stuff, on their, you know what, their trash. Too many people live life like that, that no one can say a word. And the moment they do, that we cancel them. They're like, you, we, we get to this place where like, no, you know what, you don't love me, you're against me, you hate me, and the enemy's working again. And you believe the lies. I say all of this church today because I want us to be free. The reason why I titled this message, I did that, is because me and you are responsible with the outcomes of our life. We are responsible for the outcomes. I am responsible with how I respond. I am responsible with how I lead my family. I'm responsible with my job. If you're a student, I'm responsible in my school. I am responsible for my life. You are responsible for your life. If you're a parent, you're responsible for your family because your kids look up to you. You got family members that don't know God. You are responsible because you are the example of God to them. That's why I titled I did that. Because sometimes me and you are the ones that self-sabotage ourselves. It's not anybody else. It's us. But it's also me and you that can make the decision to be free and see the hand of God at work. Amen. Thank you so much for joining our service and for listening to us. We are located at 4519 East Del Mar Boulevard in Laredo, Texas. And we hope that you continue to be a part of our ICM family.